been over a week since the last episode. There's four videos out on the YouTube channel since then. The Donovan Mitchell Appreciation Mix videos out. Uh, the Jalen Green Highlight Dunk is out. I put also a David Roddy poster dunk all over Ivica Zubac. And I also posted a Draymond Green play breakdown video that I think a lot of you are going to like if you're into that breakdown stuff, those type of videos. Uh, but it's the last week of the regular season, and we still don't even know what the true playoff picture will look like for the most part because things are still really tight across the standings. So I'm going to refrain from discussing the playoff picture until the seedings are finalized. I'll have an episode pretty much breaking down each conference matchup, most likely doing it in two parts, though, uh, because it could just run way too long uh, to do both conferences. So I'm going to leave it for one pod per conference. Uh, but yeah, this is my All-NBA selection episode where I've compiled my own criteria for picking All-NBA first, second, and third teams. Someone's always going to be snubbed when making these picks, no matter how you slice it. Every single person's All-NBA picks are going to snub someone because the league's just packed with great players that all deserve uh, All-NBA nods, right? Uh, it's just packed with a ton of them that are going to end up being snubbed no matter what. And if you hear me a little differently on this episode, it's because I'm actually changing my scenery. I uh, just wanted to kind of change it up, been in the office just all the time. So just kind of switching it up and doing a pod downstairs. But anyways, uh, so you'll probably hear Chewy, my dog walking around. You'll probably hear him doing his little steps, you know, walking around doing his thing. But anyways, uh, that being said, I'm going to start with first team All-NBA. This is the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. The highest honor in terms of All-NBA. And for my criteria, first team has to keep into account games played along with the obvious category of just pure stats. And I'm far more flexible as we go down to the second and third teams, right? I kind of get a little more flexible as we go, but still staying true to that formula, right? Now, the reason I want to be a little more flexible as you get the second and third team is because eventually you're going to get to a place where yeah, some players might have played more games, but then you're comparing stat for stat. You're kind of looking at the season, the advanced stats, and it's hard to deny a lot of those players. So um, this is also going to be the last season where all NBA is going to have position rules. According to the new CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, the all NBA selection will be completely positionless. So finally, it took them long enough to figure that out. Right. But this year, unfortunately for this year, the rules are still the same. And if you don't know the rules, it's two guards, two forwards, and one center. Okay, so I'm going to start now. First guard for first team All-NBA. This one got a little harder to choose because of the fact that the team just went on a free fall ever since the trade in the middle of the season. Uh, the first guard for All-NBA, I have Luka Doncic. 32.8 points per game, 8.7 rebounds, 8.1 assists, 64 games played. Before the awful Kyrie trade, the Mavs were like fourth in the conference. Uh, but without a doubt, the only reason that the Mavs were relevant for as long as they were also because of, you know, a couple of the guys that they gave away, like Spencer Dinwiddie and, um, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, and things like that. But, you know, like I said, this selection is based solely on his combination of games uh, played, although he missed some due to injury, but his production, you, you can't ignore that. I mean, these numbers are insane. And I mean, it's they're right up there with some of the best numbers in the season for any other player you want to pretty much put compared to Luca. So second guard here for first team all NBA, it was going to be between Donovan Mitchell and Steph Curry. 
But anyone here questioning Donovan Mitchell as first team All-NBA, just look at the consistency, right? Not only playing more games than Steph, right? Donovan's logged at 68 games as of me recording this, and Steph's at 54 games as of today. So he's basically held his Cavs team to a standard of excellence in their conference all season long. But back to Steph. So, you know, both basic and advanced stats are going to tell you that Steph has been having an insanely good season, right? He's literally like 0.009 away from having his 50-40-90 split, right? Which is obviously 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. He is just decimals away from logging that insane stat again, right? He's averaging 29-6-6, true shooting percentage, which is disgustingly good. MVP season type numbers for him and definitely deserving of first team all NBA. Uh, first forward is Giannis. I mean, it's not even, you know, it's it's almost disrespectful to have to debate or argue why Giannis makes first team. But 31.1 points per game, 11.8 rebounds, 5.7 assists. He's played 63 games. He carries the bucks on both ends of the floor night in and night out, which is something neither Luca or Tatum or Steph can really say. Um, the MVP that won't win it because of the mainstream horse race between Embiid and Jokic. But Giannis is also the best player on the team with the best record overall in the NBA. So easy pick for first team. Uh, second forward here is Jason Tatum for me. I think there's no question he makes first team 30.2 points per game, 8.8 rebounds, 4.6 assists. He's played 73 games, which is more than everyone so far that I've named. Uh, which is really hard to find these days. And he's the best player on the second best team in the conference. And I mean, that's that's just that, right? On, on that chase for, for hopefully his first title. Now, the center for first team All-NBA and my MVP selection, I've been on Nikola Jokic MVP train for a long time. And these last few weeks of watching Embiid go on a tear, like every single night, it's really swayed me. Um, I really think he's just going to run away with the MVP. I think Jokic kind of, I don't know, foot off the gas, right? Kind of not still doing his thing, but but not to that level that was pushing him for third time MVP in a row, right? So Embiid's just, you know, first team all NBA center for me. I think, you know, I've hated on the Sixers all season. And it's honestly because I don't believe them come playoff time but this is a regular season award and Joel Embiid being the two-way superstar that he is you kind of have to give it to him right 33.3 points per game which is ridiculous 10.2 rebounds 4.2 assists and a dominant force that teams can only beat by praying that he falls in love with jumpers on a night that the jumpers aren't falling because that's pretty much there's pretty much nothing else that you could do about Embiid other than maybe try to run him out of the building in an up-and-down, fast-paced game. But all in all, when things are clicking for Embiid, he's literally unstoppable. He's an unstoppable force and well-deserving of first-team All-NBA. No way he makes... Uh, no way he gets an MVP and doesn't make first-team All-NBA, right? Uh, and that's never going to happen again after this season. So, uh, second team. This is where things start to get a little tricky. Uh, because you want, you know, you start to try to get a little more flexible with the picks. But, you know, first guard for me, Donovan Mitchell, I can't see him fall to third team. I just can't, right? Like he's played 68 games, which is hard to find this season 28.3 points per game, 4.3 assists, 4.4 rebounds, 
He's had insane scoring nights throughout the year, literally changing the Cavs overnight and kept this team consistently excellent all season long. His two-point percentage, his field goal percentage, his three-point percentage, his effective field goal percentage have all improved since last season. And this is his highest scoring season of his career. So, you know, he's also improved defensively, although if you compare the defensive rating from last season, you don't really see much of an improvement. It's like decimals of a difference. But, you know, from the eye test and you see kind of just the effort, just way, way, way more visible than than in, than in recent memory. Right. Uh, second guard for second team all NBA for me. This one was super hard because I want to reward individual performance, especially if the numbers are that insane. But games played still matters at second team All-NBA for me. It just does. And this was going to be between Dame, Shea, and Jalen Brown. Dame is literally having the best season of his career, right, scoring-wise. But 58 games played compared to Shea's 67 is a decent amount of games. And for other reasons I'll get into, I'm going to have to go with Jalen Brown. You know, like, people are making... The case that Jalen Brown is the best shooting guard in the NBA, right? And I think I'm honestly on that boat because when you look at two guards, right? Like the shooting guards, you're thinking Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Paul George, Clay Thompson, Chris Middleton. And I do think Jalen Brown's better than all of them. So he's basically putting up the numbers that those guys are, and he's taking a relatively short distanced back seat to Tatum, right? It's not a big back seat, but he is taking a back seat somewhat right i mean you know we all know that um i've actually convinced myself in the middle of recording this to put jalen brown on second team all nba so you know to me it's it's just like he can't fall further down for me you know um i want to go with the first forward for second team all nba i have laurie markinen surprising name but the numbers don't lie 66 games played so he's on that good criteria of games played but here's the compelling part, right? 25.6 points per game, 8.6 rebounds, 1.9 assists, more than solid numbers, all-star this year, top three most improved player this season, in my opinion, and if you ask around, probably right. Um, but how about this, right? If he just holds his percentages for the rest of this season, the rest of this week, he would join Dirk Nowitzki as the only seven footers to shoot 40% from three and average 25 points per game on at least 100 threes made, which is pretty insane, right? That's a pretty cool fun fact. So yeah, Laurie Markin and definitely deserving of second team all NBA, especially when you start to look at the forward slots, there's not a ton of options uh, unless you want to be more flexible about games played. And then it kind of opens the floodgates to kind of pick a bunch of other guys but um second forward for me to any of the people listening that are new york knicks fans i'm handing it to julius randall not kevin durant not Kawhi, but julius randall because you know Kawhi, who it feels like never plays games even though you see 49 games played as of me recording this yeah he's been great in the games he does play but I'm giving Randall the respect he deserves after a bad season last year. And he's come back with a ton of great performances and consistently dominant, even though he makes you pull your hair every other night with his decision making and his irrational confidence, right? Just late in the games. But it's hard to argue, man. Julius Randall, 77 games played, 25 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. Like, how do you? I mean, he can't fall further down, especially at the forward slot. 
Um, Kevin Durant's been injured a lot this year, and he's played even less than Kawhi. He's played 46 games, uh, but there's still a chance for Kawhi and KD on third team. Um, and at center, obviously, if you have Embiid at center on first team, pretty obvious, and it's not a spoiler that Nikola Jokic is going to make second team All-NBA at center, averaging a triple-double, back-to-back MVP, still technically making a case to potentially win it for a third year in a row. There isn't enough time to talk about all the great things that Nikola Jokic brings to the table. It's the only reason he's second-team All-NBA, and that's because of position rules, right? Otherwise, he'd be locked in first-team right next to Embiid. Um, Third-team All-NBA, I have John Morant as my first guard. Had he not missed some time due to that wild stuff he was going through, He'd make second team for me because he's been the same superstar otherwise, right? Maybe even first team ahead of Steph had he played enough games for me. Uh, Best player on the second best team in the conference with a realistic chance to win a chip with how open this year's looking. Even so, 60 games played means he's played more games than Steph. So there's that, right? So Jaw's been Jaw otherwise, right? Besides his three-point shooting, which took a dip from last year, the numbers across the board are basically the same. You know, so so it's basically, you know, we're putting jaw here, right? Like, I don't think it, it, it's that difficult, right? Second guard for me, and this is where the snubbing begins, right? You could go a million ways with this. And I'm just going to take this time to say what I think about each person that comes to mind. So feel free to skip this part if you want. But don't say I didn't show respect with this part of the pod. So there's Drew Holiday, right? A ton of people are going to make the case for Drew right? Second best player on the best team in the NBA record-wise. Giannis goes out. Drew holds the fort. Drew takes the tough assignments every single night. He's a true two-way guard, which is something we don't see from most of the guards that I've named or most guards in the league. Time and time again, he either provides the game-winning stop on defense or he scores in crunch time, right? Just even keeled. He's the guard you need if you're making a championship run. Just, you know, the numbers are never going to wow you, you know, 19-5-7. Right, probably the least impressive on that front compared to the rest of these guys in terms of points, rebounds, assists. So that's always gonna hurt him, you know. Like, like yes, if, if you want to reward him for team success and just value on the team, um, then yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't argue all NBA, but man, when you're when you're looking at the seasons that some of these guys are having, it's really hard to to put him up there, right? And just kind of gloss over the others. So there's the Aaron Fox, right, who's been one of, if not the best fourth quarter numbers guy in the league, right? They call him fourth quarter Fox, right? Mr. Light the Beam for the Kings. Best player on the team that not only made the playoffs after a drought since 2006, but the third best team in the conference. 71 games played. He's our modern day John Wall with a more reliable shot. Uh, so far, defensively, he's also been there. And I wouldn't knock anyone for putting De'Aaron Fox. He super deserves this. Uh, but I don't have him on my third team either. You know, and maybe that's disrespect. Maybe that's the true snub here so far. But I don't have De'Aaron Fox. Uh, and then there's Jalen Brunson, right? Knicks fans heard the Julius Randle pick. They probably thought Brunson was coming. But I got to say, you know, all the Knicks fans are screaming for all NBA considerations for Jalen Brunson. And I wouldn't be mad about it because him coming to the Knicks transformed the team's identity, right? Like he made them into a legit solid playoff team with more controlled leadership. He's been the point guard the Knicks haven't had in years. He's been so good. The Mavs haven't stopped addressing him, right? They haven't even stopped addressing losing him. And the regular season is almost over, right? And you're still seeing Mark Cuban talk about that whole thing. Uh, But I also don't have him here on third team, you know, and then you're looking at James Harden, 
second best player on the third best team in the conference similar to like that true holiday situation except these numbers will wow you more you know 21 points six rebounds 10.8 assists certainly his basic stats paint a picture worthy of the all nba third team but he's playing alongside you know the, the likely mvp and joel Embiid. so his job does get significantly easier with how much attention Embiid draws every single night and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it because he plays with Embiid. But when you're considering, you know, just the best 15 guard, well, not guards, but the best 15 players in the league and it's by position, it really narrows it down. You know, like you really have to split hairs, you know, and, you know, I'm comfortable leaving Harden out of this third team because of the season I've seen out of these next two guys that I've held until the end of this honorable mention part of the pod right and then it brings me to these two there's Shea Gilgis Alexander and there's Damian Lillard both ridiculously insane statistical seasons and Dame's had the best scoring season of his career what does that say about this season he's had if that's all I have to tell you right like he it's it's the most he's ever scored at 32.2 points per game he's at 64 and a half true shooting percentage which is crazy he's arguably the best well the second best point guard in the league by most people's estimation behind Steph Curry which is subjective but I think that it still holds weight in making the case for Dame especially in terms of third team all NBA right like if, if you're making an argument that this guy's the second best point guard in the entire league he's not making third team all NBA you know the next guy you're putting over him better be special right and and another thing is you know dame getting shut down for the rest of the season it could hurt his case because i see 58 games played as of this recording right and then i'm looking at shea gilgis alexander right he just this was the breakout year of breakout years for shea going from borderline star to okc's superstar 31 and a half points per game 4.8 rebounds 5.4 assists and has been the major reason for OKC's surprising season. Their over-under bet before the season started was 23 and a half wins. Yet here they are, 38 wins in and 10th in the West as a potential play-in team. Shea's literally cooked every single person just as much as Dame has, but Shea's done it in more games and with more success right now you want to blame roster construction all that good stuff i'm not going to knock you for that but i'm just when you're when you're getting to this final spot you have to split hairs in each and every way you can more games played more success you know it's just a razor thin margin over damian lillard like i have no choice but to put shea gilgis alexander here you know it's just that tight you know, so I have Shea there. Uh, my first forward here, I have Kevin Durant, right? And I also have Kawhi Leonard, right? Those are my two forwards on third team All-NBA, and I'm good with it. You know, like, I was going to put Jimmy Butler on this one, but like, man, like, yes, Jimmy's played more games than both of these guys, but both of these guys, when they've played, they've just dominated, right? Like, when they're on the court, they're All-NBA, zero questions asked, you know, and that should be your hint, as to who my center is on this third team, right? Like if I pick two guys who they haven't played a lot of games and when they do play them, they've been dominant. And at center, I have obviously Anthony Davis, Mr. Data Davis, 
right? Day-to-day Davis, Mr. No Back-to-Backs, the Glass Man, aka Mr. Street Clothes, you know? A guy that obviously dominates when healthy, right? When he's got his mind right. Those are three guys, to me, that if they are playing every game, they're dominating for the most part. And I can't leave them off their team all NBA, right? Like, I can't sit there with a straight face and tell you Jimmy Butler deserves it over KD or Kawhi. Even if he's played more games than them, the, st- the stats just, I mean, they, they don't lie. You know, they don't lie. So uh, just to summarize this episode with my first, second, and third team. So first team, I have Steph, Luka, Jason Tatum, Giannis, Joel Embiid. Second team, I have Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Larry Markkinen. Julius Randle, Nikola Jokic, and on my third team, I have John Morant, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis, right? Now, um, it's, I think I'm, you know, I, sh- I showed that screenshot of, of that All-NBA list, and I showed it to a couple of people. Both people agreed with me top to bottom, which I think is a huge success, and I pat myself on the back for that because anytime you set up a list, whether it's all-star roster, whether it's all-NBA, whether it's your top five favorite players in the league, whatever it is, I feel like there will always be some type of of change in everyone else's list, but for me to hear it from five different people that, it's, that, that they agree with every single pick top to bottom, that's pretty tough to do, you know, so, so I wonder, I wonder what, what that's going to do. Right. Like I wonder, cause I'm going to post that on my personal account. Um, not as a screenshot. I'm going to do like a nice little graphic on the personal account. Uh, if you guys want to follow the personal account, it's Vic underscore all day. Uh, that's the Instagram account. I temporarily deactivated the all things basketball Instagram, uh, because I'm kind of going through like a restructure process, trying to figure that out. Uh, the YouTube's still up, obviously that's not going to change. Uh, but it's just a lot of things that I've been trying to organize at the same time. And I'm a little bit overwhelmed with that. So I turned, I deactivated the Instagram account for now while I restructure that. But as of right now, that's, what's going to be happening. I'm going to post the graphic. Uh, that's going to do it pretty much for this episode. I'm going to catch you guys on the next one where I'm going to be breaking down the playoff matchups once we get the seedings established. Um, I'm going to try to drop another pod before the seedings established. If not, as soon as those seedings get locked in, I'm going to drop a pod basically breaking down the matchups for each conference. It's going to be a part one and a part two. I'm going to be making some more YouTube videos on the YouTube channel. Um, The videos I mentioned earlier on this episode, link is in the show notes for you guys to enjoy. Thanks for listening to this one, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.